0: On this episode of JR. the P. The Oscars uh, were last night. Congratulations to all the winners. I really don't know who the fuck won many of the things. I mean, I guess Brendan Fraser won for the whale, you know? Moby Dick or whatever you want to call it, you know? He gave a riveting uh, acceptance speech. He was huffing and puffing. (sighs) I just want to thank my team. And my first mate, my lovely third wife. I want to thank my uh, sea captain, Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> he was like huffing and puffing and just spouting shit out his blowhole. Much deserved, though. It was a riveting performance and a fairly decent film. I seen it, and I like Darren Aronofsky, and I like the film, and I like Brendan Fraser. He seems like a nice kid, real sweet guy. So congratulations, Brendan. Congratulations to um, the other winners. I'm a little late to the lunch on this one, but um, a couple weeks back, old Woody Harrelson, you know, yes. Woody Harrelson, you know, that old country time, but he got that drawl about him, you know. she got that drawl. Woody Harrelson, with that country drawl, that twang, he gave a riveting um, monologue on SNL, Saturday Night Live. Now a little bit about Woody Harrelson to begin with. This guy's a pure A-lister in my book. Much respect for him, you know? He's done a lot in his career. So I applaud you, Woody Harrelson. You got some kind of insinuation about how my wife's pussy smells like Russ? You got a hell of a bedside manner? yeah. I actually auditioned for a uh, play that Woody Harrelson had written. uh, This was like back in uh, 2011, 2012. A very interesting thing happened to me about two weeks ago. About two weeks ago. So, um, uh, you know, I I witnessed... An evangelical demon exorcism. Right. Wagwan, it's your old Chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty on this magnificent March 13th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan the podcast. Oh hey folks, how you doing? If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramchurn, the podcast, that is, this is a show where I gob, gab, squawk, and blab about myself in order to relate to y'all's self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. Yeah, like I always try to reiterate and remind and um, redress my audience um I'm gonna be in your will someday. Yeah. You know, when you die, kick the bucket and you know you're dead to the world and useless to most. That's where I kick in. You know, like your little peasant family members will be like crying at your wake. Oh he's dead you know, fake crocodile tears. Then they'll read the will What the fuck? He left everything too. Jonathan Ramtran of Jonathan Ramtran the podcast that is that's how significant my show is like I'm gonna be like ganking motherfuckers out of their inheritance you know like fathers mothers are just gonna be booting their children out of their will to fund Jonathan Ramtran the podcast yeah that's how significant my show is yeah The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, my own website, Janathan, pronounced Janathan, janathan janathan-ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. You know I'm telling the truth because that's how a politician speaks. You know, they, they, you know, put their hand like that to emphasize a point. You know, it truly is. Yes. So, um, some very interesting things going on in the world of showbiz. The Oscars uh, were last night. Congratulations to all the winners. I really don't know who the fuck won many of the things. I mean, I guess Brendan Fraser won for the whale, you know? Moby Dick or whatever you want to call it, you know? He gave a riveting uh, acceptance speech. He was huffing and puffing. (laughs) I just want to thank my team. And my first mate, my lovely third wife. I want to thank my uh, sea captain, Darren Aronofsky. He was like huffing and puffing and just spouting shit out his blowhole. Much deserved, though. It was a riveting performance and a fairly decent film. I seen it, and I like Darren Aronofsky, and I like the film, and I like Brendan Fraser. He seems like a nice kid, real sweet guy. So congratulations, Brendan. Congratulations to um, the other winners. Um, you know, as a, you may or may not know, well, you probably do know, I myself am an actor extraordinaire and, you know, all us fucking vain, vapid performer types. I was watching, you know, some of these acceptance speeches and I wasn't even listening for like 15 seconds. Then I just started like coming up with my own acceptance speech for like when I win someday. You know, I'm going to saunter up to the stage and be like, well, not that I give a shit to be here, but uh, thanks, anyways. Here I am, kind of knew what was coming. Like, I'm going to be sheer arrogant when I win. Like, like, I got nobody to thank. Who the fuck do I have to thank? Bust my ass all these damn years. Now you got me here in tuxedo, trying to be cute for you motherfuckers. I don't care at all. I'd just be like completely arrogant with it. You know what I mean? There's all Humble Pie, Brendan Fraser, gushing and gobbin' <laughs> You know, tearing up and huffing and puffing. You know what I mean? I'd be sheer arrogant with it, you know? Disgusting. These Hollywood slime balls, scumbags, you know? All the woke mob type motherfuckers. The fucking Harvey Weinstein types, you know? What a bunch of sickos, you know? Make you sick to your stomach. Which brings me to my next point. And God bless the Oscars. Um, congratulations again to all the 2023 winners. It's a nice little milestone, for sure, in a performer's career. And, you know, God bless him. But it does bring me to a new point. Um, yes. Woody Harrelson. Yes. I'm a little late to the lunch on this one, but um, a couple weeks back, oh Woody Harrelson, you know, yes, Woody Harrelson, you know, that old country time, but he got that drawl about him, you know, She got that drawl, Woody Harrelson, with that country drawl, that twang, he gave a riveting um, monologue on SNL, Saturday Night Live. Now, a little bit about Woody Harrelson to begin with. This guy's a pure A-lister in my book. Much respect for him, you know? He's done a lot in his career. This is from wikipedia.org. Make sure to donate. Right? But peep this. Woodrow Tracy Harrelson. Tracy? I mean, you you name your son Woody, you think you give him the decency of a you know, like Butch or something manly for your fucking middle name. You know, you, you name the motherfucker after a dildo. Then you give him a middle name as Tracy. least you could do was give him a, you know, Butch. Woody Butch Harrelson would have been better. But anyway, Woodrow Tracy Harrelson is an American actor and playwright. He is the recipient of various accolades, including a Primetime Emmy Award and two Screen Actors Guild Awards. In addition to nominations for three Academy Awards and four Golden Globes. Harrelson first came first became known for his role as bartender Woody Boyd on the NBC sitcom Cheers, which ran from nineteen eighty-five to nineteen ninety-three. For which he well, I mean, I guess he was on the show for that long, who knows? For which he won an outstanding a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. From a total of five nominations, he reprised his role in the acclaimed spin off series, Frazier. And eating those toss salad and scrambled eggs, uh, they're coming again. Good night, everybody! What you gonna do with them eggs and them toss salad scrambled eggs? Uh, they're coming again. You know, Frazier? the little fucking terrier dog Good show Fraser. I used to watch it I used to watch it even when I was like you know like 10 years old I didn't get any of the jokes I didn't get what these I, I just kind of thought it was funny they're like hey why say Frasier like babbling on in their little suit and ties Frasier and his brother Niles or Nigel or whatever <laughs> I didn't get one fucking joke that went over on that show, but I just liked the way they talked, you know? (laughs) Oh, Frasier. Anyway, he went on to receive Woody. Woody went on to receive uh, three Academy Award nominations. uh, Best Actor for The People vs. Larry Flint. That was a tragic one. He played pornographer Larry Flint, you know, penthouse. God bless that man even though I'm pretty much, like, asexual, born again, you know? But, like, God bless uh, that fucking Larry Flint. Opened a lot of eyes. Best actor for The People vs. Larry Flint. Best supporting actor for both The Messenger, 2009, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, 2017 interesting thing about that movie saw it enjoyed it don't remember a fucking thing about it all I remember there was this one scene when like Sam Rockwell another phenomenal actor uh, he's like there's like a long tracking shot a long tracking shot where he like walks into a building and throws some hick over a balcony or something you know don't really remember much else about the film but it was pretty entertaining and good Anyway, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Other notable films include White Men Can't Jump. I don't know about that or not. I've never seen them. Natural Born Killers. Kingpin. Kingpin was fucking hilarious when he played the guy with the hook. Natural Born Killers. The Thin Red Line. No Country for Old Men. That was a good one, you know. So who's this man supposed to be like? Was he like a badass, like the bubonic plague? Woody Harrelson, playing a sardonic hitman. What's this this motherfucker supposed to be like? The original badass? Like, as bad as the bubonic plague? (laughs) Uh, No Country for Old Men, yeah. Zombieland, that was a good film. It was fun. Rampart, Seven Psychopaths, Now You See Me, The Edge of Seventeen, LBJ. Solo, A Star Wars Story. Have to see that. Yet to see that. The Man from Toronto. I live in Toronto. And uh, Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> Is that like a recovery thing? <laughs> Triangle of Sadness. He also gained prominence for his portrayal of Haymick Abernathy in the Hunger Games film series. Didn't see one of those films. I mean, you know, you see a bitch with a bow and arrow running around in the woods, uh, kind of didn't pique my interest, despite how cute Jennifer Lawrence is, allegedly. Harrelson received further Primetime Emmy Award nominations for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series or Movie, his portrayal of Steve Schmidt in the HBO film Game Change, and for Outstanding Leading Actor in a Drama Series for his role as Marty Hart, In the HBO crime anthology series, True Detective. That was like the theme song from True Detective. He will portray E. Howard Huntin. E. Howard Howard Hunt. In the HBO Political Limited series, White House Plumbers. I'm guessing that's going to be about plumbers working at the White House or something. Unclogging toilets and shit. The presidential shitter. So yeah, that's a little bit about um, Woody Harrelson. Um, You know, I remember growing up watching Cheers. Cheers used to be on when I was like, you know... I don't know, maybe five or six years old, Cheers would be on TV. And I never got it. Like, there's something about it, like, something about the intro to the the show that drew my attention, you know? Like, that black and white, old-timey pictures, you know? Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Like, you know, it was really kind of, it made me kind of depressed and shit. I guess I kind of knew I was going to grow up to have a drinking problem or something, like those low lives on Cheers, but um, I don't know. Something about it made me kind of depressed, and you know, but here's a little funny spoof. I don't know if this is a hack. I don't know if it's been done before. I don't know. It just seems like obvious to me, and I always thought it'd be kind of a funny little gag for like a skit or something, but you know... Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows you're gay. mm mm And they're always glad you came. We want to be where everyone knows you're gay. da 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 dum dum da 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 dum dum Blum, blum, <clears throat> <blum>. <laughs> Queers? <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I mean that one was just too easy. You figured somebody would have made a skit about that by now, or maybe there is one or not. I don't know. I always thought that would be kind of funny. Yeah. Natural born killers, Woody Harrelson. Um you know, Mickey and Mallory. How's it going there? What's your name? My name's Mickey. What's your name? You're dressing like that waiting for me. When well, you gonna go take a ride with me? Talk about it? Feeling kind of sad? <laughs> He's like hitting on some like 17-year-old girl as a fucking meat delivery man. Mickey. You know, he played Mickey. Natural born killers. Also, a little cameo by Rodney Dangerfield. You know, <laughs> hey, what, what are you doing, bitch? You know, you look like a you, know, you look like a whore wearing you look like a broomstick wearing a trash bag. Where the hell you think you're going? I'm going out to a fucking concert. I told you I was. First of all, you don't tell me anything. I'm your father, all right? And you go upstairs and take a shower. I'm gonna come up there and see if you washed yourself. See how clean you are. That cocksucker meat man. <laughs> You know, look at the shit we have to eat in this house. We're going to pray after we eat. You know, Rodney does an amazing little cameo, Rodney Dangerfield in Natural Born Killers. In True Detective, hey, as much as I'm, you know, I don't know, joking around here about old Woody Harrelson, I think he has a phenomenal career, A-list actor. Did it all like you know? Cheers, very successful sitcoms. He was on yeah, Frasier. Those cameos. He even did those cameos on um, those uh, walk-on roles. I don't know what you call them. Those co-starring roles on um, Will and Grace. I remember that he played like the was he Will's boyfriend or something? Or no, he was like the girl's boyfriend, Deborah Messing. He played her boyfriend. Um, then also, um, but one of my favorite roles he ever did was, yeah, that Marty Hart character on Detective, you know, you know, the thing about Russ is he's one of those dynamic type, serious motherfuckers. They used to call him the tax man. Maybe it was about his demeanor or maybe it was just about the way he carried himself, but he always used to walk around with this big ledger taking notes and real calm serious demeanor people started calling him the tax man just a real dower type motherfucker i like the one scene when you know pardon me ladies it's a little crass but it is you know just it's right up my alley and um you know <laughs> kind of reminiscent of some of my younger days so, you know, I guess his character, Marty, he's out all night whoring it up, drinking, getting drunk, driving his cop car all ha- haphazardly. Guess he's out all night on the roof with um, his little fuck buddy. You know, this some little office clerk down at the fucking local precinct. He's banging her, right? 2 in his wife. Anyways, he comes in just reeking of booze and debauchery. Comes into work one day, you know, and Matthew McConaughey... God love him. Another great actor. Matthew McConaughey. He's in the, he's in the, they're in the locker room. Marty comes in, right? And he goes to his locker and, you know, he's changing his tie. Matthew McConaughey looks at him. You know, Marty, you 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 better wash up, Marty got a little bit of pussy on you. Woody Harrelson, Marty, turns to Matthew McConaughey? You got one hell of a bedside manner. Who, what? Do you got some kind of, are you insinuating how my wife's pussy must smell like rust? I ain't insinuating nothing, Marty, you know? Coupled by the fact that I ain't stupid, you know? Coupled by the fact you run around here drunk all day. Do you have some kind of Predilection about how my wife's pussy must smell like rust? (laughs) True detective. Hands down, my favorite, uh, aside from the crass locker room talk, I mean, you know. Grab by the pussy. Locker room talk, boys. Chill out, ladies. This is man talk. Locker room talk. Okay? Fake news. You know, it's just locker room talk, ladies. Settle down. But aside from the crass locker room talk, I do enjoy uh, True Detective, the writing, the grit, the music, you know, that T-Bone Walker, <laughs> And like the theme music from uh, True Detective, hands down my favorite television series, definitely of the 21st century, my favorite modern television series, True Detective. Well, enough stroking on that whole Woody tip. No pun intended. But enough stroking on and on about Woody Harrelson here. Um, he did... Well, I guess I'm going to a little bit. What? He did something very interesting um, recently on Saturday Night Live. You know? He goes up and he gives this monologue, right? The opening monologue. And... Um, you know, he sets up this joke. And in this joke, he's like talking about a movie script, right? Some movie script that he passed up, right? And he's like, uh, what does he say? He goes, uh, one moment here. I'm just pulling it up on my cell phone. So... All, almost immediately after the episode aired, Harrelson jokes became the subject of fierce debate online. <gasps> Many social media users with anti-vaccine beliefs praised Harrelson. Others felt the joke was harmful, means of spreading false anti-science rhetoric about the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, what did he say? So, Harrelson, 61. Told the audience he'd been sent a movie script with a clear real world metaphor. So the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians, and force all the people to, in the world to stay locked down in their homes, and people can only come out if they're if they take the cartels drugs and keep taking them over and over, said Harrelson. The punchline I threw away the script. I mean, who's going to believe that crazy idea? Being forced to do drugs? I do them voluntarily all day long. You know? People then get into an uproar. Oh my God. He's making uh, anti-vaccine statements. Anti-science vaccine statements. And then there was a big hoop to do about like, Wow, he dropped that type of a monologue on SNL? Holy moly. And he went off script. People were saying that he went off script. Now, as far as I can tell, he didn't go off script. It was written by the writers of uh, SNL, For from what I can tell. I could be wrong, and if I'm not, you go fucking figure it out. All right? We live in a day and age where you have to think for yourself, folks. So don't just take my fucking word for it, because I'm saying it. He, he tells that joke. Apparently, it was a part of the script. It was written by the SNL people. It was approved. He said it. And, um, you know, people had their differing opinions. But what I like about that was, here's an A-lister, a guy very successful in his career. I'm a fan. And, you know, he made his statement. And he made his statement in a way that was very palatable, he didn't go off script, he didn't make a big hoop to do. He was respectful of the show. I guess some of his sentiments got included in that opening monologue joke. I don't know how they did it. Maybe they spoke with him, maybe they came up with the joke together, I don't know. But he, you know, he's been known for his outspokenness about the pandemic, COVID-19 and the handling of it. And you know, he made his sentiment known. Did it in a way that was approved. Classy. Kept his status intact. Didn't go all wacko and make a big deal of it. Just made his little joke. Was respectful of the show. And I'm loving that. And I'm loving the fact that we're seeing an A-lister in Hollywood do something like that. I want to see more of that. I want to see more voices with, you know... You know, stand up for the other side, for the people who feel that this whole pandemic has been very unfair and one-sided and closed-minded, especially when now we're seeing that all these lies have been told, all these half-truths, all this misinformation, you know, let it all come out. It's about time. It's been going on for too long. So I applaud you, Woody Harrelson. You got some kind of insinuation about how my wife's pussy smells like, Russ? You got a hell of a bedside manner. (laughs) Yeah. I actually auditioned for a uh, play that Woody Harrelson had written. Uh, This was like back in uh, 2011, 2012. He wrote a play called Bullet for Adolf, I believe. Yeah, Bullet for Adolf. Let me, I want to make sure I get the facts right on this, you know, give a little respect on the name. Um, Other Avengers. Let's see. Here we go. It's, uh, I think he did. I'm not sure. Ah, what the hell. Bullet for Adolf. I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. And, um, you know, I knew when I auditioned for it, I was going to bomb. So this was like 2012 or 2011 or something. And, you know, I was like full on in my drinking. And, uh, you know, it was an open casting call. I don't know. I guess he was high or something. He's like, you know... You know, I'm sick of. I'm sick of doing all these fucking Hollywood movies, making all this damn money. I'm gonna invest my time and energy in some fucked up play. So I guess he's high or some shit. He decides to like pitch this play that he wrote like fucking 30 years ago with a buddy of his. It's about him and his construction worker days or some shit. I don't know. Just, I don't know, just the benevolence of some whacked out, stoned out fucking country bumpkin Hollywood starlet I don't know he's just flexing his creativity muscles I don't know I don't know what the fuck got into him but anyways he's mounting this um, this play that he wrote with a friend and uh, I don't know I guess it was meaningful to him and it was well received by uh, you know critics and audiences but anyways he's doing like an open casting call for this um, production of it That's going to be staged in Toronto, Canada. That's where I live. So I catch a whiff of this. I catch wind of it. I'm like, oh, hey, wow, an open casting call. And one of the main characters happened to be some black dude. Hey, I'm a black dude, right? I mean, yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah, let me go audition for this. But, you know, um, shit, you know. To be honest with you, I wasn't in the most performing shape bloated, bagged out, smoked out, drunked out, like drinking, smoking dope on the regular, just kind of in a fucked up place, you know, doing stand-up comedy gigs and just like, oh oh my God, you know, I'm going to have to go in there and do a monologue. You had to do like a couple monologues and, you know, audition. I just, I wasn't really in my fighting weight, right? I remember the day of the audition, um, I'm walking down the street and it was like February or something, January or February, 2011, 2012, or some shit. Walking down the street, and there's this big ice puddle. You know, if that makes any sense. Big puddle with chunks of ice in it. And, uh, you know, I'm standing on one side of the puddle, and I see this elderly woman on the other side of the puddle, and she's all hesitant looking, and oh, I don't know what to do. You know? And you know I'm like, Oh, okay, well I'm like, Hey miss, do you need a hand? She goes, Oh yeah, please, please So I give her my arm and I and I usher her across the ice puddle. So I help her get across the ice puddle. And she goes, Oh, thank you, young man, thank you She goes into her purse. Here's twenty dollars And she hit me with a twenty and I'm just like Oh, well, you know, it's no big deal. I don't need it. What? Twenty bucks? I don't know, I was just know, just hand, helping you out. 20 bucks. No, 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 thanks. She goes, no, no, take it, take it, take it, take it. And the wheels start turning in my head. Because, you know, a little backstory, I'm flat broke. <laughs> Here I am walking to this audition, flat broke, hung over, you know. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> you know, it's pretty low to take a $20 bill from an old lady for like helping her across the street. But then again, she wants to give me the twenty dollars. And if I take that twenty dollars, I can get drunk. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm, I could get drunk. You know, I got an audition for a Woody Harrelson play that I'm on my way to. You know, I mean, that was that's big. That's big in any. Even if you're even if you are a working actor, even if you are doing well for yourself, like you're getting roles, you're getting bit parts, you're you're full-time sustaining yourself if you get a call like, oh, hey, Woody Harrelson wrote a play and he's interested in having you in it, like, are you interested? Like, that's a big deal, right? It's Woody Harrelson, right? So I'm on my way to this audition and all I'm thinking is like, oh, wow, 20 bucks, I can go get drunk. I was like, oh, yeah, it's kind of a low-life thing to do, take a $20 from an elderly woman, but, you know, she's here take it take it take it she's like handing it to me and I'm just like well uh, okay and I take it I'm like thank you and I, and I even told her I said you know what? thank you miss to be honest with you I'm broke so thank you and I take it well as soon as I took it it's almost kind of like kachow, kachow, as soon as my hand touched that fucking 20 it was like a bolt of lightning I was like Ugh. I felt it I'm like wrong thing to do and I'm gonna bomb I'm bombing I'm bombing. This is a bomb. This is a fucking bomb. I go to the audition, and I just tank. Tank. I, I went up there, and I, you know, I got the fucking beer sweats, and I stagger into the audition. Hi, my name is Jonathan Ramtran. I'm here to, I'll be performing a piece from some bullshit thing that I wrote myself, and I'll do a little piece of stand-up. I don't know. Like, you know, I, I, I was supposed to have memorized a monologue, and instead I wound up doing, like, stand-up and some other bullshit thing that I wrote and uh, yeah I tanked, bombed but where I was in my life at that time, I didn't even give a shit because as soon as I walked out that door, I'm like, directly to the beer store, you know get like a six pack of beer and a mickey of uh, you know, I don't know, whatever, rye you know Rye whiskey. Got a 12-pack or a... I don't know, you know, whatever. I'm getting drunk. $20, baby! That's enough for like a 12-pack. 12-pack of beer, get shit-faced. More importantly than the career. So... But more importantly, um, moving forward, I'm just glad to see Woody fall you know, he landed on his feet, you know, you know, like, sometimes, sometimes, like, you know, he didn't hire me, oh, I mean, he didn't even see me on the audition, I didn't make it too far into the rounds of auditions, so it's not like he even saw me audition, but, you know, it's nice to see that Woody, uh, landed on his feet, because, you know, as we all know, I went on to do Jonathan Ramchand, the podcast, thank you very much for watching, you know, I'm going on to do that, my stand-up, and, you know, very happy to do so, and I'm just glad to see Woody land on his feet, you know, like sometimes when you know filmmakers and, and actors and stuff like that, they miss an opportunity to work with someone, you know, and then shit just goes downhill for them, but I'm, I'm glad to see it, Woody land on his feet he was able to, you know, go on and do some very interesting work and, you know, and perhaps one day um, we will work together, who knows you know, I mean, I'll, I'll be open to it you know, if I ever got the buzz, the ring, hey Jonathan, it's Woody Harrelson, yeah, how you doing there, buddy, you want to do a film with me, what do you say, motherfucker, you want to be in a movie, I'll be like, oh shit, thanks, Woody, no problem, but just don't be smoking fucking weed in my trailer, you fucking pothead, you know what I mean, like, I'm a sober living dude, you know, so like, it'd be kind of rough, it'd be kind of hard, you know, it'd be a little hard on on a guy, you know what I mean, like, You got a Woody Harrelson film and he's like smoking weed in your face all fucking day. So what we're thinking about for this shot is... God's sakes, Woody. You know, you gotta be smoking weed all day. Fucking degenerate. You know? Some people are trying to act over here. (laughs) You know what I mean? I wouldn't even mind it if he did the whole like, you know... Oh, you know, we're doing this movie, like the whole like method actor thing. You know, like when actors go deep into a role. I wouldn't even mind if he did that. You know, it's like, oh, you know, it's Woody Harrelson, and you know, I'm a method actor, and you know, we're playing, you know, I'm playing the abominable snowman. Okay, so like, I'm playing like we're gonna go to Alaska to shoot this movie about the abominable snowman, and I'm playing the abominable snowman, and you're the hunter trying to get the abominable snowman, I'm like, got it, you're the abominable snowman, and I'm some guy tracking you, a hunter, okay, I got it, okay, so then he goes into like method actor mode, right, he's like, oh yeah, ooga, ooga booga, hey, ooga booga, I'm the abominable snowman, ooga booga, and like every time you turn around, like you're on the film set, you know, there you are at like craft services, you know, you're getting something to eat and oogabooga, I'm the, the abominable i I'm the abominable snowman. Oogabooga It's like, okay, Woody, oh no, how scary, the abominable snowman. Like I could deal with that, no problem, if he's like a method actor. You know, like Woody, if you're a method actor, I can work with you, no problem. Oogabooga, I'm the I'm the abominable snowman, oogabooga. I'm like, All right. Ooh, no, ah, uh, right. Like, no problem. But just don't be smoking fucking weed in my trailer and shit, you know? Like, you know, get a knock on my trailer, you know? I have some how do I knock? I don't know. You know, pretend I knock, right? I got nothing to knock on. <laughs> nothing to knock on over here, but um oh yeah, wood. Knock on wood. You know you got a little knock? buga, it's me, the abominable snowman. He's like, in my trailer? I'm like, oh hey, Woody. He's like, oh yeah, uka yeah, yeah, buga. I'm like, dude. Enough with the Oogaboogas. Take that fucking roach. Get it out of the damn trailer. So God bless you, Woody Harrelson. (laughs) And um, yeah, let's have more of that. Let's have more uh, A-list people. People that, you know, have been in the public eye and have a public... I mean, come on, man. 30 plus years of killing it. Woody Harrelson, you know, people respect his work and enjoy his work. And if he has an opinion that could help others of the same opinion, why not voice it? And, I, and I'm, I'm loving that. I'm loving seeing people, especially the Hollywood type, you know, all these fucking wickety-whack, woke, fucking motherfuckers that um, just got their head up there behind, you know, and They think everything is, you know, it's about, I don't know, fear. Everything's about fear and being tattled on. That's how they live. They live in this bubble of fear. And if you don't comply with us, we're going to tattle on you. (gasps) I'm glad to see more people stand up and be like that. Be more like Woody. Yes. Hallelujah. Quick sip of water, boss. Don't mind me, boss. Oh. Do you got some kind of percolation about how my wife's pussy smells like Russ? Yeah, yeah. So, a very interesting thing happened to me about two weeks ago. About two weeks ago. So, um, uh, you know, I, wit- I witnessed an evangelical demon exorcism. Right? So, what is an evangelical? Well, according to the internet, an evangelical, 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 of or according to the teaching of the gospel of the Christian religion. Evangelicalist, I should have actually put in. evangelist 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 a person who seeks to convert others to the christian faith especially by public preaching evangelist so that's the definition a person who seeks to convert others to the christian faith especially by public preaching so you know they go hard they they preach publicly to people about christ evangelical so I recently worf, wor, witnessed, I witnessed an evangelical demon exorcism. Now, um, how it all started was um, I don't know. I'm a Christian, you know. I uh, raised very much in that tradition, and seeking to live by the tenements, the major tenements of Christ and Christianity. And Christ said um, the two main things is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So those two commandments, he basically changed the book, he changed the script. They had asked him, Teacher, what is the most important commandment? And that's what Christ said. He said, to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and to love your neighbors, you love yourself. So that's how I'm trying to live my life. Yes. And I've been looking for, um, you know, <clears throat> I guess, a church to attend. You know, I mean, I'm kind of cynical. The belief that people are motivated by self-interest. Who really cares? Who cares about one another in this world? I'm a cynic. But I am looking for, uh, well... I was, I don't know where I sit today, but as recent as a couple weeks ago, I was considering like, oh yeah, maybe I'll start attending church, right? Been reading the Bible lately and uh, the New Testament, and I figured uh, it'd be nice to maybe go to church, even though I've had some headaches in the past. So I come across this church in Toronto, fairly popular church. Fairly popular online as well. And I'm reading about their mission and about them on their website. And they say that they are radical evangelists. Radical evangelists. Meaning people who spread the word of Christ to people much by public speaking, street corner preaching, and as radicals whatever that means. Sounds kind of intense. Now, even by that definition, I'm not liking it, because I'm like, evangelist. I don't know, right? Because according to the good news, you know, Christ, this is the, you know, New Testament here, you know, I just started reading uh, the Bible lately. I'm not exactly fin- an aficionado. But, you know, some things Christ said. Whereas, um, he, you know, when he's talking to his disciples, he's sending them to go out and, you know, preach. He says to them, whenever you enter a city, this is uh, Matthew, uh, Matthew 10? Matthew 11. Book of Matthew, Matthew ten, verse eleven. Whenever you enter a city or village, search for a worthy person and stay in his home until you leave town. When you enter the home, give it your blessing. If it turns out to be a worthy home, let your blessing stand. If it is not, take back the blessing. If any household or town refuses you, refuses to welcome. If any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet as you leave. I tell you the truth, the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah will be better off than such a town on the judgment day. So in the words of Christ, um, Matthew 10, verse uh, 14, If any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet as you leave. Christ didn't give a shit about um, making people listen to him. You know, he had his message. And if you don't receive the message, he'll shake your dust from his feet as he walks away. So what's with these envelge- evangelicalist, evangelical types, evangelist, evangelist, what's with these evangelist types? When they're preaching and preaching the gospel and telling the gospel and telling people the Word of Christ, and you must this Christ didn't even care. Christ had his message, and if the people didn't receive it, he would shake their dust from his feet as he walked away. Christ didn't give a shit about converting people. He had the message he said the message the message is for people with eyes to see and ears to hear. If you have eyes to see and ears to hear, listen. Smoke them if you got them. Get them while it's hot. Christ didn't go around trying to... He didn't give a shit. This is my message. Hear it if you have eyes to see. See it if you have eyes to see. Hear it if you have ears to hear. And if not, I will shake your dust from my feet as I walk off. Christ didn't give a fuck. He didn't care to, like, preach to people. So, like, when I'm reading about these inventories, when I'm considering going to check out this church, I'm like, evangelical types? I don't know, right? All right, let me give it a shot. So despite my hesitancy, I decide I'll go check out this evangelical church. So I track down there. Happened to be a very snowy day, a bunch of snow. I don't know what that has to do with the story. They try to dress it up as some big sign from God. But I mean, it's the weather. Things happen. It's not a sign from God if it snows. (laughs) So, um, well, I mean, I don't know. Who am I? But anyway, I thought it was nonsense. But anyways, I I get to the church. And, you uh, you know, those weirdo types. I've seen them my whole life going to church. Those weirdo types with this fake sense of love. Hello, brother. How are you? Here for service? Oh, yes. Fill out our fellowship card. Give us your information and we'll stay in contact with you. Got a pen? Talking at you, talking at you. Eyes all big and their voice all fake. And they're talking at you, talking at you. Whatever, dude. Thank you. And I enter the church. And, you know, now that I think back on it, I don't know about the feeling. You know, some people are of the mindset of stoicism. You know, to be stoic. To be non-moved. To not be swept up in your emotion. So many times in my life I've entered churches. You know? And, you know, you get a certain feeling sometimes. Even though we really shouldn't trust feelings. But, you know you're entering the house of the Lord. As I recall now, walking into that church, I felt like nothing. I felt like I was walking into a men's room. Like there was no feeling of, oh, what a holy reverent place. It was like I was walking into a fucking truck stop. It was like no feeling whatsoever, right? So anyway, I walk into the church and I go and I sit down. Now, first of all, they start 45 minutes late. They start the service 45 minutes late. Not even a word of, uh, oh, sorry for the late start, folks. Uh, we're going to begin here. Nothing. Just launch right into their babbling. Right? They start the service 45 minutes late and then they launch right into the babbling. They got this woman up there, right? And she, Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, our Heavenly Father, today we're here in the midst of all this snow and the, the snow and the... Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And then... Then the response from the from the audience, the congregation, the response from the people, praise Jesus, hallelujah! Uh, uh, uh. It was like this, like orgasmic chanting. I'm telling you, man, this chick on stage—it sounded like she was having a full-on orgasm. Oh, bless Jesus Christ, oh, Jesus, all breathy and Christ and Jesus, bless yeah. Oh, oh, praise Jesus, praise Jesus! Like the audience chanting back, praise Jesus, hallelujah. Uh, uh, uh. I'm just sitting there, still, I'm just just taking it in. I'm not even, I don't know what to think. Other than, you know, it is kind of orgasmic sounding. Then they launch into an hour of just shitty church music. It's the only way I can express it. I don't go to church for the song and dance. If I want a concert, I'll go to a concert. I don't mind one or two church songs just to have the celebration of music. But come on, I'm here for my soul. I'm not here to hear some shitty church music. I'm here for my soul. I'm here for the word of God. They're up there banging on and whinging on with these church songs. They do like an hour-long jam of the just stupid church music. Culminating with this one song, it was like this, it was like this reggaeton, like this like reggaeton kind of song. And the lyric, the, the, the chorus is like, Lord, we're wet, wet, wet. Lord, we're soaked, soaked, soaked. Lord, we're wet, wet, wet. Wet, 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 soaked, soaked, soaked and these people are in a frenzy they're like they're evangelical they're radical evangelists they're fucking well we're wet 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 soak 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 dancing around you know mopping themselves down wet 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 soak 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 come on it was just very like I'm like how do you have lyrics like that in church come on you know Don't say that there's something wrong with me. My soul is tempted and I'm, I'm a blasphemer and I'm, I got a dirty mind. Lord, we're wet, wet, wet. Lord, we're soaked, soaked, soaked. (laughs) After that fucking chick goes up there, Jesus Christ, bless, hallelujah. God, oh God, thank you for this beautiful snowy day. Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Oh God, uh, uh." Breathing all heavy and orgasmic-like into the microphone. Then singing songs. Lord, we're wet, wet, wet. Soaked, soaked, soaked. Give me a break, oh brother. Right? Finally, it comes to this testimony session. Right? And it's like the pastor invites people up to give a testimony first woman up to bat is just like this fucking yuppie mother giving this dumb, retarded story about how, you know, I was praying one day, praying to God about, you know, um, Lord, help me raise my children, right? And I moved the bed, and underneath the bed was this book about it was like a Harry Potter book about witches and ghosts and goblins and that was a sign from God that you know, oh watch out for the corruption of the children because there's you know, ghosts and goblins and it was just a clear sign to me from God, answered my prayer that because there was a book under the bed, like a Harry Potter book that that meant God told me to stay away from demons I'm like, who the fuck is this mental patient, right? So she gives her fucking mental testimony about Harry Potter or whatever the fuck it was. Then you get some other guy come up there. He's like the stuttering, stammering Stanley, just a real doorknob. He's up there. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I, I, I found God and God worked in my life. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Just stuttering and stammering and going on and on about God. So what in the fuck is your point, buddy? Spit it out. Where do they get these people from, right? Then priest goes or the pastor or whatever the fuck he is goes um All right, do we have anyone else for a testimony? And there was this lady sitting right in front of me. Now you know how you can smell crazy when you see it. She just crazy. Saw her come in, sit down. I thought, crazy. She raises her hand up, doesn't miss, miss a beat. Oh, yeah, she wants to get up and say something, right? So, the priest, the pastor, points to the woman. She gets on stage. And she just starts talking, right? She's just like, first of all, I don't have a testimony to give. I don't have a testimony to give. Um... Lord Jesus works in my life, and works in my life this way, and Lord, and you know, um, first thing I knew is that I'm, I'm under the, uh, I got a witch, I got a witch for a, for, a, for a landlord, and she's going through my stuff, and she's a witch, she's a white witch, and she's going through my stuff, and you know, and I knew that God was watching out for me, and uh, uh, she's like, her eyes are like fluttering around in her head, and she's talking about how there's witches. Her, her landlord is a witch, a white witch from Ukraine that goes into her stuff. Then all of a sudden, one of the, one of the, the, uh, I guess, I don't know, members of the congregation, she starts wailing, oh, Jesus, Jesus. And she starts like stamping her foot, Jesus. And she gets up and walks off, right? I'm like, what in the fuck is this? And then that, that woman, giving her testimony, she's still on stage. She's going on and on, you know? You know, all these witches are going through my stuff at work, and these witches here, and these white witches there, and you, your witch, and a witch, witch, witch. And then that member of the congregation, she starts wailing again. Jesus! Oh, Jesus! And then all of a sudden, like, one of the, I don't know, he was like a junior pastor? Like a junior, I don't know, he's like, second-in-command pastor, junior pastor or preacher or whatever the fuck. He gets up, right? And he, he walks up to the stage, right? And he goes, Witch! Witch! Get out of here, witch! Witch, get out of here! Starts calling the woman a witch. I'm like, yo, I've never seen this in church before. <laughs> get out of here, witch! Witch! Jezebel! Witch! Screaming at the woman to wrap up her testimony, calling her a witch. Then the main pastor, he gets up, and he goes, we rebuke the devil, we rebuke you, Satan, don't you bring this into our church, get out of here, witch, get out of here, witch, and the witch, (laughs) I guess she was a witch, I don't know, the woman, or the witch, or whatever you'll call her, whichever you will call her, which way you'll have it, the witch, she gets off stage, and she goes to the pew, sitting right in front of me, she goes back to her seat, the priest pastor he goes up and he he runs up to her right and he goes i rebuke you satan in the name of jesus christ i rebuke you satan and he starts doing an exorcism he puts his hand on the woman's head i rebuke you satan i rebuke you satan And he's like shaking the woman and stuff and she's all like shaking and then like the whole the whole congregation like all the people around me stood up And they were screaming too, we rebuke you Satan, we rebuke you Satan. And they had their arms up and they were like mobbing her. I was right in the middle of it. I was sitting right behind the woman, right? I sat down, right? I was like looking around. I'm like, what do I do? I was like, I'm in the middle of a fucking evangelical mob. This is redonkulous. I'm in the middle of a fucking evangelical demon exorcism. We're a Bill Kill Satan! We're a Bill Kill Satan! And she's all. Uh, 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 uh. Then it just ended. The pastor's like, yeah, well, sometimes things happen at church. So we're going to take up the communion now and. Uh, Sorry, rather, we're going to take up the tithe, the collection, and uh, today is actually kind of a weird day. We're not even going to do collection today. We're not going to take collection today. It's kind of a weird day. We're not going to take collection. Well, you know, we're going to... Okay, well, if you want to, if you want to give, you can give. If you want to give, you can give. We're going to have a bucket. We're going to send the bucket around. Uh, well, like No, we're going to... You know what? If you want to give... We're going to take up the collection, and if you want to give, you could just come up and give. We're going to put the bucket right up here in the front, and if you want to give, if you feel compelled to give, then you can give, and you know, it's up to you. I mean, the Lord says that, you know, you should give. And, you know, it's the ones that give, you know, there's the story of the woman that, you know, rich men gave, but she gave everything she had. And she was blessed by the Lord because the little she gave, she gave everything. So if you feel like you should give, and if you feel like you should give to God, I mean, God, I mean, it's up to you. If you want to give to God, and, you know, we have many ways of giving. We even have an app, I give all the time on my cell phone. If you want to link up your bank account to your cell phone, then you can link your bank account up to your cell phone and give, and we're just going to take up the giving right now. Then one by one, everybody got up to give. Shit, I even gave. I mean, I was a little confused. I didn't know what to do, right? But he went from, we're not going to give any, we're not going to take any collection today, to there's many ways you can give. You can even give by your cell phone, you know? Complete 180. You know? Then, the little junior priest, the junior priest I told you about there, the, like, get out of here, witch! He screaming at her, calling her a witch. He gets up and gives this fucking rant. He's like, we rebuke Satan! How dare a witch come in here and be all witchy? And you know, There was a time in my life where I used to watch porn all the time. I'd be literally watching pornography and then watching church sermons online. I would switch from porn to church sermons. And a Jezebel, a Jezebel who comes to church and tempts a man into sin and sexuality. And, you know, people having sex at church. And, you know, there's no, you know, God said you shouldn't have sex. and He's going on about like... It was like a, this personal tirade he was on about watching porn, jerking off, masturbation, porn, Jezebel spirits, and, you know, people, you know, coming to church to, like, a lot of which I agreed with, but it was just so mental, the way he did it, you know, just like, just started screaming at the congregation. About you know how he used to jerk off to things online and watch church sermons and how there's a Jezebel spirit alive in the congregation and you know people coming to church to hook up and just like this diatribe he just screamed at people. It was mental. So after this harangment, after this dressing down from the junior pastor about jerking off and the Satan love spawns of the Jezebel spirit and going on and on about that and that crazy witch exorcism all of a sudden this other character appears this like A plus top notch like musician he played bass he played trumpet and he was just ripping down these crazy bass lines and playing the trumpet He was like like a gifted type of musician. It was just so odd. Like the cast of characters. And he's like, yeah, you know, I learned how to play trumpet for the Lord. And not to compare myself to Gabriel, but Gabriel and his horn. And, you know, how he blew the trumpet for God and stuff. And here I am doing the same thing. So I know it's been a little bit of a weird day. We had an exorcism and, you know, priests shaking you down for money and you know, people yelling at you not to jerk off and stuff. But, like, you know, right now I just, I'm going to blow my trumpet for the Lord. And if you feel the same way, I just want you to take a second back and listen. I mean, because one day the final judgment will come. And one day the final trumpet will be blown. And, you know, this is not the final trumpet. But one day the final trumpet is coming. Do you dig? I'm like, yeah, I dig, I guess. I mean, I don't know what to think, right? So then he, he gets on his trumpet and he, he goes into this like trumpet solo for like five fucking minutes and it was like epic and that fucking junior priest he had his fucking head to the floor in prayer he was like bowing in majesty to the trumpet playing i don't know he was like trying to get attention for himself basically goes into this fucking bowing prayer stance, you know, just so phony. And I'm just sitting there watching this stuff, right? And, you know, horn boy, horn boy rips this epic horn solo for like five minutes. And you, you would think that would be the end of it, right? Like, oh, wow, okay. Like, they played all this music. They've been playing music for hours. Like, this has been like a four-hour church service at this point. All this music, all this trumpet, all this stuff, like all this exorcism and preaching, finally we're at the end. You would think that would be the crescendo, the climax. No. They continue on with the church music, going on and on and on and on. And the reason why I talk about that and I say that is because, listen, you know, I ain't no aficionado, but I, I came up in the Christian faith. I went to all sorts of Catholic school, churches all throughout my life. I can get my, you know, I'm handy with the Bible. I know my way around the Bible. I'm not saying that I read the whole damn thing, and pardon my language, uh, not to say that I've whole, uh, not to say that I've read the whole blessed thing. And, you know, I'm in the midst of reading the New Testament right now. But, like, check this out. This is what God said about, this is what Jesus Christ said about uh, prayer. Um, this is Matthew 6, verse 5. This is what Christ had to say about prayer. Teaching about prayer and fasting. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do they think their prayers are an answer they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him pray like this our father in heaven may your name be kept holy may your kingdom come soon may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. And lead us not, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Yeah. That's Matthew 6, verse 5. Don't be like them hypocrites and go on and on and whinge on and on in prayer and make a public display display of your prayer. Again, like, Jesus didn't give a fuck about that. He didn't care about any of this. He didn't care about any of the ceremony in which Christianity has evolved into. All the elaborate prayer and the hypocritical blathering on and on. He said, just go go to your room, close the door, and pray in silence. And if you have to pray, say the Lord's prayer: "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name." So as the church service was going on and on with this music, I just kind of, I kind of hit my, uh, I kind of hit my threshold point where I'm like, "Yo, I gotta get out of here." So I just kind of got up and quietly excused myself. I just got up and left, and um, you know. oof, it left a sour taste in my mouth. It was definitely like a very unpleasant day. Because in the midst of it, I thought it was kind of interesting just because there was a lot to see and a lot to hear. But when I left, I realized how unpleasant the whole thing was. It was really unpleasant. I didn't enjoy myself at all. You know? really did not enjoy myself that day. And, um, you know, I mean, how pleasant can it be to witness an exorcism? You know what I mean? But we'll see what happens with it onward and upward. Um, I'm still growing in my knowledge or I don't know, whatever. I don't know. I'm just taking it day by day, you know, as a follower of Christ and I'm trying to live by those two commandments. You know, Christ re, Christ re, Christ rewrote the whole order. He rewrote the whole script. He was asked, "What are the? What is the most important commandment?" And the most important commandment, Christ said, as a follower of Christ, is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That two part combination. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And everything else is obsolete. And when you go to pray, don't go and pray like some hypocritical moron and sing on and on and whinge on and on about it. Just say it in private, say it in earnestness. Our Father, our God, knows what we want. Knows what we want before we even ask it. There's no need for all the blah, 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 blah. Very interesting stuff. Hallelujah. Till next time, folks. Gerald Chuckle Buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Signing off from duty on this magnificent March 13th in the year of our Lord. 2023. Yeah, Woody Harrelson and the uh, Hollywood Elite speaking out. You know, let's you know let's get some different voices heard regarding COVID-19. Evangelical Demon Exorcism. Fun stuff. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, my own website, Jonathan-Ramcharan.com. And if you're enjoying the show, folks, please help my black ass out. Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it. You love it. You realize it. Aight? Peace.